0: You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey, everybody. I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And welcome to The Comics Hall.
1: Woohoo! Hello, everyone. Hi. We made it.
0: We did. We it's did Wednesday. in the midst of Sideshow's birthday extravaganza. I was going to say celebration, but it's more than that. It's an extravaganza. Yeah, we've,
1: uh, we've, we've excelled past. You know, we've, we've ascended into extravaganza.
0: In the hierarchy of parties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we are here to not only celebrate Sideshow's birthday extravaganza with you with some fun stuff. Uh, we are also here, of course, to bring you the weekly haul for Wednesday, March 17th. We are in the middle of March. Yes. It's a big month for comics, not just in the sheer number of new comic book days but lots of great releases some of which we will be covering today so before we get into all of that we've got a lot of news to catch up on uh with you guys so we also also have a fantastic moderator here uh to help you guys uh keep all of your uh questions comments concerns in correct order so you want to introduce yourself lovely moderator <laughs> hello everybody
1: rob will be in all the chats i'll be passing along questions and uh there to just have fun with you guys. See. So it's nice. Amy's remembering now because Jasmine left over creative differences <laughs> because Amy kept forgetting her. no, we're kidding. she didn't leave she's still here. she's working very hard. <laughs> but, uh, yes. thank you Robin again. we are we are live on all of the places um right now all of them so almost all of the places I think um Chris will let us know. I think we're just not live right now on Instagram, but YouTube multiple places in Facebook um also twitch so if you guys have any questions about comics or anything that came out today or even last week because we couldn't really talk about our pools last week because we were celebrating mr Uh, man with a plan star spangled avenger um so if you guys have any questions let us know that's what we're here for rob will uh relay those questions to us
0: Excellent. Yeah, just just like Paul mentioned, we did have uh, Captain America's 80th anniversary or 80th birthday, perhaps, uh, to celebrate. So this week it's our turn, but we do have some news coming up from the world of Marvel and DC and more for you guys. So, top of the segment, we've got Marvel and DC have announced Pride Month anthologies. So last week, both Marvel and DC gave previews of some of their June solicitations. So not only. Um, these new titles we're going to be talking about, but continuing books that are coming up uh, in, in the summer. I mean, I can't believe we're already soliciting summer but uh, their June previews included comics anthologies that spotlight notable LGBTQ characters and creators for both publishing houses on June 8th, DC's DC pride will spotlight Batwoman, Aqualad, Midnighter and Apollo, Harley Quinn, John Constantine, and more. And on June 23rd, Marvel's voices pride, the next in the Marvel's voices anthology series will spotlight characters like Iceman, Northstar, Wiccan, Hulkling, Mystique, and more. And then we've got creators like Mariko Tamaki, Chris Anka, uh, Vita Ayala, Kieran ellen steve orlando teeny howard and others contributing to uh these projects some of them are contributing to both publishers projects which is super exciting and there's a bevy of beautiful and colorful and uh very rainbow tinted variant covers that both publishing houses have released online so you can check those out and i'm already making my checklist uh i want the uh dave Telaski cover of superman there's like ally covers as well for the dc oh, one they're, they're, so,
1: they're, they're all beautiful they're beautiful oh, my, oh, oh, oh and yeah they're, they're fantastic
0: the Jen Bartel Harleivy, Harley and Ivy is as, oh, so I guess they're good. called Harleivy now. I don't know when that started to be, I mean, maybe I'm just behind the times, but oh, so are, crazy, are, so are good. Are we old
1: heads? <laughs> we are might we, be. Are we old heads now? <laughs> Look but out, yes. Cap, on your left. Um, so uh, moving moving right along here, DC has recently announced a new creator-owned horror series uh, premiering through their black label imprint, The Nice House on the Lake, which is the title of the uh, the newly announced book is a 12-issue series by James Tynan IV, Alvaro Martinez Bueno, as well as doing the art for that book. So the story follows a group of 30-somethings who are invited to a lake house by their friend Walter. Some of the group has known him since childhood, and some of them have only just met Walter. However, once they arrive, they discover that Walter isn't who they thought he was. And now they might never be able to leave. So DC has also described the first 12 issues of of Nice House on the Lake as, um, as as season one, I'm sorry, stating there might be multiple seasons depending on how the book is received. Uh, the book is, it releases sometime in June. Um, again, me and Amy both very excited for that book. The art looks fantastic. It's creepy. And what is scarier than um, losing your friends, not by choice, but by like machete? We have no idea what <laughs> what that story is about. And I love it that way. Also, JT4- Is doing a great job on everything i'm literally reading everything he is doing so (laughs) that's um,
0: quite impressive i like the cabin in the woods vibes that that i've already got from the preview art that they showed us like
1: (laughs) yeah and if it's anything like the second half of that movie count (laughs) count me in um so staying in the realm of dc uh warner brothers has launched the believe in wonder campaign to commemorate a global celebration of wonder woman's 80th anniversary the event will feature a, will feature digital content publishing releases uh, fashion collaborations and other exciting exhibits and experiences all inspired by wonder woman in honor of the celebration fans can read all star comics number no. 8 which is the first appearance of wonder woman sensation comics number no. 1 which is the first wonder woman led title and wonder woman number no. 1 from 1942 for free on the DC Universe Infinite app right now. So there will also, though, be a 100-page 80th anniversary comic available in October, um, and you can find out more about the Believe in Wonder campaign on DC's official website. There will probably be another... not like a fun run. That's I'm thinking of the office. Again. Uh, there, there will be like another 5K that'll probably happen. Um, again, multiple like if if you're a huge Wonder Woman fan, like we are, multiple you know different shirts, it, it, all sorts of things that they like to do to celebrate Wonder Woman's 80th. I'm very, very excited for that. Happy birthday! Wonder Woman.
0: Oh my goodness, that's and and it's it's crazy because we just had the Wonder Woman 750th issue special within the last year or two, and now we're getting a hundred page 80th anniversary.
1: I'm so happy she's joining me, you, Rob, and Captain America in the Guild of Old Heads. (laughs) So good for her. Good for you. Welcome.
0: She doesn't look a day over Amazonian. Um, (laughs) Hopping back over to the Marvel side of things, this has been this has been the speaking of fashion events of the summer. Oh my goodness! This oh, summer, Marvel summer. is kicking off the Hellfire Gala and the planet-sized X-Men one-shot as the mutants of Krakoa reveal their future plans to the world. This is the first time that the uh, the new krakoan based X-Men team will be uh, announced to the world. They recently had the votes, so you could uh, nominate members of uh, the mutant race to join the X-Men team. That was a very heated uh, race competition. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see how the the votes played out there, but. Marvel is considering this one of the most pivotal chapters of Hickman's entire X-Men era, which has been quite extensive already, if uh, you've been following along. And this event will cross 12 titles with 12 stories, all focused on a single night, the Hellfire Gala. Planet Size X-Men will be a double-length one-shot by uh, Jerry Duggan and Pepe Larraz, and it will be launching on June 16th, also which if you write that date out in the american fashion that is 616 like marvel's earth 616 nice. um <clears throat> Yeah. Crazy, crazy synergy. Uh, That's, that's some brand synergy there. So to celebrate the event, Marvel has also released a series of high concept mutant fashion designs by Russell Dodderman, my personal favorite comic book artist. Uh, And these will be featured on variant covers throughout the month of June entertainment weekly has the exclusive spread, I believe of all of the designs, uh, but you can also see them on Russell's uh, social media. And then you can also go to marvel.com to see outfits for characters like storm rogue, Jean gray, Rachel Summers, Emma Frost, uh, Scott Summers, we've got Angel, and more. Everybody is showing up. This is like Met Gala can't even touch these mutants. Like-
1: I, I I like it. It's X-Men so- meets Met Gala meets Training Day because it all happens in one night. Um, I'm very, very excited to see where we see Denzel in
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just so excited about that, and I'm already kicking myself because I know I'm probably going to be trying to track down every single one of those things. <laughs> I, I know you are.
1: <laughs> we did this in the summer where we were like, okay, we're not going to read Ten of Swords. Me and Amy are going to yep. try. We're Bring not going to do it. And um, <laughs> raise your hand if you read all of Ten of Swords. <laughs> yep. All of the it.
0: worst part was having to go back for the issues that I convinced myself I didn't need and then yep. going, no, I, I need them. So
1: I, I let Amy um, take the Krakow and Adamantian bullet on that one because I had just gotten done with reading Empire. So I was like, there's no way I'm doing it. And Amy was like, I read a lot of Empire too. I'm not doing it either. And then, and then she read all of them. So chances are between the two of us, you guys will get everything you need to know about the Hellfire Gala. I promise you. And Rob is here. If you guys have any questions, he's a big reader too
0: all right so that wraps it up for our comic book news for this week and as a birthday gift to ourselves and to you guys we didn't do a panel of the week showdown this week um (laughs) but we do have uh, a fun different little segment here first time debuting on the show we've got the birthday back issue because paul and i wanted to focus on anniversaries and birthdays in comics as we mentioned before we just covered captain america's 80th we've got wonder woman's up ahead and Coming up in a couple of weeks, we also have Deadpool's Nerdy 30 on Marvel, and we're doing a Deadpool day on April 1st. It's no Mm -hmm. April Fool's Day joke. Uh, So we wanted to, first of all, recognize those three characters who are having excellent anniversaries, but we also wanted to take you guys down a trip through memory lane uh, and highlight some cool things that happened 27 years ago in comics the same year uh, that Sideshow was created. A lot of stuff going on in comics.
1: And again, we still have the rest of we still have some books that we are going to aim yes. for all of you, so we're gonna we're not gonna spend you know an incredible amount of time on these. we're just kind to kind of run through them again a lot of these I'm actually really curious if any of you actually own any of these comics that we're talking about. let us know because there are some heavy hitters in here uh, I'm really curious but Amy already mentioned it, you know, we kind of kicked it off. We just celebrated uh, a fellow Old Head Guild member's birthday. It was Captain America's 80th. That was fun. Uh, I also, uh, (laughs) I did get my comic.
0: Do you, do you want to show it off Give to the Give me class? two seconds. All right. Paul oh, yeah. is taking a, a brief break. Uh, I'll vamp here and cover for him. But uh, if you guys were listening to our Captain America special, or if you have not yet, you can go back and check out our podcast uh, stream on all your favorite platforms, or you can check out the YouTube feed from last week's show on Sideshow's official channels. Uh, but we did mention a very special issue of Captain America uh, that was created uh, during his massive tenure of uh you know psa's and yeah
1: all right paul show us what you got so i had immediately found out about this i did not know about this uh i discovered this particular comic in the research for captain america's 80th and i immediately sent it to amy and i was like this is my favorite thing of all time so it is captain america meets the asthma monster um I also consider myself an asthma monster, so I truly and absolutely had to have this book. Um, it was in ni- it was oh man, it was 1987 that this book had come out, and it's funny up on the top corner here. My my virtual background is going to kind of make it a little difficult, but up here where my finger is pointing, it has the name of different um, physicians and companies because it was you know it was geographical, and you would get this as a free comic. You know, if you were, if you had had asthma, and they were saying, "Hey, even you know, Captain America, even Steve Rogers suffered from asthma." And then there was a sequel, Captain America um, meets the Asthma Monster again. I forget what the title was, but it was all great. <laughs> it was all fantastic, and I was like, I absolutely have to have this really random piece of history. Uh, I loved it so much. <laughs>
0: All right, I'm so glad that happened for you between <laughs> now, between Captain America Day and right now. I know uh, it,
1: it just it just happened to work out. Um, yeah, and thanks to some of my my friends uh, over at, at a, I don't know. Uh, you know, we're not going to promo any particular comic book stores here, but uh, they sent this to me because I was like, I absolutely need it, and it is the most ridiculous and random thing that I've ever seen. It's my favorite.
0: All right. Well, I look forward to whatever random uh, Wonder Woman tie-ins we can discover when we cover her 80th later this year. But yes, you guys can also look out for – we'll have a uh, Deadpool – we'll have some Deadpool special highlights at the end of the month for oh, Deadpool yeah. Day. Or mm-hmm. I guess it's the beginning of next month. It's April, April 1st. But mm-hmm. again, let's take a look at some of the, the hit points of 27 years ago. You know, the – I mean, I think Sideshow is one of the big highlights of 27 years ago. But in terms of comics – Uh, Paul, you want to get us started on some of the big events?
1: I sure do. Uh, Our favorite um, out-of-work artist had just, you know, gotten done with art school, and it was chosen to be a Green Lantern. Kyle Rayner. In uh, 27 years ago, I believe it was in March, it was in this month, Kyle Rayner was officially debuted as a Green Lantern. So, uh, and of course, there's some people that that is their definitive that is again oh thank you i forgot we have thank you chris
0: we have a couple <laughs> of assets here
1: <laughs> the yeah it is their definitive green lantern and i totally understand because he sort of stepped in at a moment to reinvigorate the um the green lantern line some people were a little over you know uh hal jordan uh they just john stewart had been in the book for i think at that point about 15 years so um they just needed something new and throwing different worlds and aliens was just not cutting it people needed something new a new artist that they could relate to um this was sort of at a point where it was becoming more socially acceptable uh to say like i don't want to go into being a lawyer and i don't want to go into accounting like i want to be an artist and uh, that's that was your
0: really- <laughs> dream not mine <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's your dream dad <laughs> and uh it definitely was reflective in the writing of his creation and you can see it um and this was a passion project for so many people at uh, for dc at the time and he's a fan favorite and he's also where where is it? The the White Lantern. The, <laughs> he was the, the first uh Green Lantern to turn to a White Lantern. He's an incredible character and I, I love him dearly. So happy uh twenty seventh birthday, Kyle Rayner, sort of in a way.
0: <laughs> and even on the the image we are showing, if you guys are listening to the podcast, of course, you can go to sideshow.com slash geek, and on Thursday we will post up all of the visual assets shown in this show. You can even see at the bottom it says, Welcome to the new Emerald Era. So mm-hmm. It's a new Emerald era, and we're all just living in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Truer words. Never spoken into a microphone.
0: Uh, now, I don't have as much uh, knowledge and detail about this next fun fact as Paul did with Kyle Rainer, but another big story of the year was that Dick Tracy and Tess Trueheart in the Dick Tracy comics <laughs> got a divorce. And this actually became a big media story when it That's came insane. out because, I mean, I think it's it's not that hard to think of. I mean, the divorce, of course, is interesting to think about in the the context of like that getting the the notoriety and acclaim. But I guess for characters like Dick Tracy that have been around so long and kind of just such a staple of American culture. Um, but we had the Bat-Cat wedding covered in the media and we're getting mm-hmm. more superhero nuptials and and other life-changing events getting covered i mean i will never forget watching whoopi goldberg on the view talk about uh, a woman becoming thor next and i mean so when <laughs> these these big stories get media acclaim, so dick tracy uh the divorce of dick tracy got uh coverage in 94
1: yeah i mean they're incredibly incredibly fascinating because they are in a way like that dick tracy and tess trueheart divorce is sort of a a you know just like the new Emerald era, it is a new era for comics and with these characters who are staples. Um, and they are being written in a different way. And it's just showing the progression of these books. So it's, you know, it's no wonder why it was covered. Cause it, you know, it's a huge deal and sort of showing that every media is being affected by these new eras. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's great to see. You love people seeing push to you'd love to see people push the boundaries. And Speaking of pushing the boundaries, also <laughs> 27 years ago, we had a little arc called uh, The Fall of Metropolis, also Action Comics number 700. Um, <clears throat> again, Action Comics number, number 700 in this particular story, not the most um, life-changing story for Superman. But really what we're looking at is the milestone of 700 issues. Uh, that was That was a huge, huge deal for them. So, yeah. Happy birthday to you, Superman! As well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and now we're already up past a thousand action comics.
1: Mm-hmm. Ten thirty-eight is what we're at.
0: Now, speaking of of course, X-Men being the hot ticket and weddings and and matrimony, uh, Scott Summers married Jean Grey in X-Men number thirty, which was uh, X-Men Volume Two number thirty in the nineties. It says at last the wedding of Scott Summers and Jean Grey. Now we've had some right other cover. notable mutant uh, will they, won't theys and marriages across the years. I mean. There was of course the astonishing X-Men marriage of uh, North Star. We've also had the uh, fake out with Peter and Kitty Pride or Piotr and Kitty Pride uh, switching around for for rogue and gambit but uh whether you were a, a Scott and Emma or a Scott and Jean uh, shipper uh, this <laughs> kind of drew the line on that for uh, Scott yeah. and Jean Gray <laughs>
1: Yeah, again, another pivotal moment in comics. Um, Also another huge arc that is still talked about today and also is getting sort of a revamp. The Spider-Clone saga uh, uh, had begun in 1994. I believe, if I looked correctly, it was in November of 1994 when that had started. But, of course, the Spider-Clone saga uh, spun out for about – two years and had huge ramifications for Spider-Man for the years to come.
0: Yes. And as you mentioned, Miles Morales will be getting his own clone <laughs> mm-hmm. saga this summer. So you can keep your eyes out for that. Now, taking a step out of the books, um, you know, there's always new characters appearing and, and creators rising and falling. And then unfortunately, 27 years ago, we did lose Jack Kirby when he passed away. King mm-hmm. of comics, Jack Kirby. But of course, his work and his impact is still felt to this day, even all the way through the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the designs. I mean, we're getting Eternals. So Jack yeah. Kirby's stamp on comics is indelible. But 20 seven years ago we did unfortunately lose him.
1: We we did. Um but something again moving right moving over it's something in the Marvel universe that we did gain is Marvel's Generation X Team uh debuts in Uncanny X-Men number three eighteen. And again, this is one of the ones like if you guys have this out there and you were reading this book, like you, you pulled it right off the rack, let us know because that is it's always fascinating for for me and for Amy to hear when people like pull some of these issues that in hindsight were, you know, just coming out that week, but now looking at them, they were huge, monumental—you um, know—moments. If you pull that off the rack, let us know.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you think maybe in twenty-seven years, some of the books that we're aiming today will be will be those next big ones. <laughs> um, now, again, the rise and fall—we've seen the departure. Uh, in recent years of Vertigo Comics, but 27 years ago, The Invisibles by Grant Morrison began at Vertigo after Vertigo was only about a year old at this point. Mm-hmm. Vertigo launched in 93. Um, of course, Grant Morrison, one of the titan names of modern comics, this was a, a just a fascinating series from a fascinating imprint that dared to do such crazy things and bring us books like Sandman and The Invisibles. Right. So. That's yeah. that's that's so weird. That's like the inception of Vertigo, just like right around the and, beginning. And what a shame
1: we've never heard of Grant Morrison ever again. <laughs> like you know, he didn't go on to make so many books that are so important to so many people. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, titans in the industry, also uh, the, the last bullet point we're really going to talk about here: uh, Marvels by Kurt. Uh, is it now? I always get his last name wrong. Is it Busiek?
0: I I say Busiek, but I've also never heard it pronounced out loud. So don't. Don't shoot let's me if you go actually know how it's
1: pronounced. <laughs> let's go with uh, Marvels by Kurt Busiek and Al- and Alex Ross is published, uh, which had a sequel um, in in this last year. You know they had picked up the threads from that they had um, kind of left down all the way in 1994, and that was also another monumental book. I think it really sort of brought Alex Ross's um, interior work and his style to the um, to you know to everyone's faces and they got to see it in that book so
0: yeah um, and that's that's one of those quintessential books that i from my tenure at working in a comic book store when people came in like i want to get into marvel this that was a book marvels was was the book that they would be recommended yeah first off it's it's just such a beautiful exploration of superheroes from a different perspective and yes alex ross's interiors especially mm-hmm. marvels and kingdom come just oh, yeah. unparalleled
1: Oh yeah i mean it's insane and again another person um who we've never heard of again and didn't go on to do a billion things but yeah everyone we wanted to just very very quickly touch on some of these things that we are celebrating the anniversaries of uh things that happened 27 years ago uh that were also being birthed with sideshow um but before we move on to our weekly haul segment and aim all these books. We, of course, it would not be a birthday party if we didn't bring gifts to our own birthday party. I think is that that's what there's, Amy does. A- Amy gives gift
0: bags. <laughs> Amy
1: gives gifts at her birthday parties. So it is reward code time, everyone. <gasps> oh we boy. have a reward code. Head to side.show forward slash code and enter the code B Day Hall, like birthday hall. So side.show forward slash code uh, and go to B, and the code is B Day Hall. Once you get there, and that's, and that's the first... Hall as
0: in H A U L, rhymes with Paul, not the hall like running down the hall. B Day right. Hall,
1: also the name of our show.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah. if you're new here,
1: <laughs> um, yeah, side.show dot show forward slash code and enter B Day Hall for the first two thousand um, uh, friends of ours who get there. I don't want to say first because that makes it sound like a competition, but you do have to get there first. <laughs>
0: And unfortunately, if you are listening later on the podcast, the code is probably expired. But uh, better luck next time. We hope to see you live on the shows. But if you're watching us live right now on Sideshow's official channels, go for it. Ooh, do your thing. Congrats. You did it. <laughs> all right. And anymore. now you get to and now you get to listen to us review this week's comics. Now so we get 27 to twenty seven years comics. ago. And now we get to do today.
1: It it's so. all it's all coming together. So, yes, Um, I love it when a plan
0: comes together. (laughs) So, now we're going to dive into our weekly haul segment, the the meat and potatoes of our weekly show. Uh, We're going to give you the aim of our books. And for those of you who might just be joining us as a part of the birthday celebration, we wanted to just quickly introduce to you our aim system. We don't like numbers here, we don't like stars. Those mean so many different things to so many different people. So, we have boiled our book reviews down to three key things that we think will help you make an informed decision on the comic book racks. So first a stands for accessibility. How easy is this to grab and read? First of all, story-wise how easy is it to dive in, but also to find this book? Where can it be found? Is it hard to find? Is it out of print already? Is it digitally available? That is accessibility. I is the level of interest or the type of interest it's gauging, What type of person would like this book, or if there's other books that they're reading similarly that you would uh, be able to make the leap over? So if you like A, you might also like B. That is the interest. And then M stands for money or the monetary investment. We want you to know what you're getting for your hard-earned dollars. How much does this book cost? Mm. How many pages are in it? Is there something hinky about the price? Why is it more expensive than usual or less expensive than usual? We want you to know how much you're spending and what you're getting for that money. And that is aim. Mm. That is the aim of the book.
1: Mm -hmm. And again, all that's going to be tied to these books. Now, going into the very first book, I'm going to kick us off here with Nightwing number 78. Uh, The arc is called Leaping Into the Light. Now, the reason that I'm covering this book, and I'm sure you're saying it's an issue 78, do I need to read all of the other issues 77 and prior? You don't. Um, If you have a passing knowledge of Nightwing and you know that it's Dick Grayson, you're good here. Uh, we actually have an incredible, incredible team now. You've got Tom Taylor writing. You've got Bruno Redondo on art, uh, Adriano Lucas on colors, and Wes Abbott doing the lettering. So we've got Nightwing, who is back, and this is sort of an exploration into his relationship with Bloodhaven and how when he, again, I'm just going to spoil it for you, not not this book, but what's been happening like the last 30 issues, He uh, he got shot in the head and was Rick Grayson. Didn't know who he was, lost all his powers, but long story short, he's back. He is Dick Grayson and he's back to true form. So that's really all you need to know prior to going into this, jumping right into the A, the accessibility. This is a pretty big release for DC. Anything now that Tom Taylor is doing, um, I think is is getting some good marketing behind it. It's going to be pretty easy to find. There's also some beautiful var- there. Well, there's a beautiful variant out there for this um, right now. And then again, accessibility, I kind of just went over that. If you have a passing familiarity with who Nightwing is as a character um, and what I just mentioned, he completely lost his identity. He had amnesia and now he doesn't. You're good. You're caught up. I promise. Don't you um, just hate
0: when that happens?
1: Literally all the time. Every morning. <laughs> it's like, was it 51st Dates? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but forever. Uh, so, again, if you are a Batman, now as far as the interest goes, the I in aim, if you're a Batman fan, um, chances are you have a love for Nightwing somewhere deep seated in there. This is the best that I've read Nightwing, honestly, since Snyder was writing it in the first death metal uh darkness death metal he kind of took a back seat but uh tom taylor just really loves nightwing he always has and he just gets it he just really really gets nightwing to me um he gets the attitude he gets the the bat shadow that you know dick grayson constantly has to live in he gets the relationship with barbara gordon again it's just one of those writers where he just gets it and not to mention that redondo who is on art again that is um bruno redondo he does something in this book that i think is really important um and he doesn't draw this book like you know gotham with a different zip code uh it really (laughs) feels like bloodhaven has its own character has its own um really its own air about it and of course um I mean, every single time, Adriana Lucas just kills it on colors he's been doing. He does a lot of Bat books, so I think that's what it is. He's got an idea of what Gotham looks like, Bloodhaven. uh, And they just do a great job of getting those particular voices down, the mood of Bloodhaven. There's some really uh, quick and snappy dialogue that Dick Grayson has with pretty much everyone. There's a puppy involved. It's all wonderful. I promise uh, issue number 78 is something that you can just pick up today and be and completely enjoy if you were looking for a place to jump on Nightwing or just someone else outside of Batman. And then, as far as the M, the monetary investment, it's a standard three ninety nine. It's thirty two pages. There are you're getting about twenty eight to twenty six pages of comic because there are you know there are ads in DC books, and it's an ongoing. Uh, Tom Tom Taylor is going to be writing this book for the foreseeable future. So. That is Nightwing number 78. Um, Go pick it up if you can. It's as close to a Nightwing number one as you're going to get for probably a couple years. Just saying. You
0: should have mentioned the puppy sooner. I think that's a big selling point. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, totally. (laughs) As long as it doesn't go the way of John Wick. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: All right. Well, next up, I've got Thor and Loki Double Trouble from Marvel. Now, this is a fun book that reunites the creative team behind Spider-Man and Venom Double Trouble. Uh, We've got Mariko Tamaki on the writing. We've got the artist duo Gurihiru on art and letters by Ariana Maher. Um, this book, as you can tell already from the cover, you guys are seeing the Guru Hiru cover. There are some variants. Um, This is going to be a fun, lighthearted romp. This is a mini series. Um, I'm going to jump right in with accessibility. This is as close to a true number one as a Marvel comic can get. Now you're going to hear Paul and I toss out the phrase true number one. That means that's usually reserved for creator owned. It means you need absolutely no prior knowledge going into the book. And I would say you also don't really need any prior knowledge of Thor and Loki going in. This would make a great first introduction for a younger Reader to Thor and Loki, um, it is a low stakes, lighthearted adventure, and sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that. I'm going to be completely honest. When I get my books every week, I immediately float some books to the top because I need them to be. I need to read them fast and first. If it's a storyline I'm super eager about, or if it's a more lighthearted read, and I let the the heavier stories that I need a lot of focus uh, to dive into sit closer to the bottom of my stack. And this is an absolute. Uh, fun and delightful, delightful marshmallowy romp through Asgard. Um, sure. As I mentioned, it does a great job of introducing readers to Thor and Loki in the opening segment where Thor is basically uh, praising his own strengths in front of a crowd of Asgardian admirers. And of course, Loki has to come and ruin the fun. The book is overall very dialogue light and the art does most of the heavy lifting. Guru Hero are kind of the uh, headliner of this title, uh, as they tend to be when it's there, they have kind of the, the peach Momoko idea of, of like when they're on a book, when they're doing the, uh, variant covers or interiors, um, Guru Hiru is kind of the, the star headliner here. Um, it's rated T for teen on the cover, but I believe that's mostly for the cartoonish violence, I didn't find any disagreeable language that may change throughout the book but you're definitely not going to get the Jason Aaron and Donny Cates Thor who's calling everybody a bastard kind of uh, <laughs> ale guzzling Thor. This is a very uh, this almost reads like a like a Thor and Loki in their Asgardian teens. However, Asgardian's oh, age. He's
1: he's ale guzzling. You're just not seeing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there is definitely some violence though. It's good old sibling rivalry. Um, nice. and this and you know, if you're not a fan of lighthearted in your comics and your Thor this might not be for you, but it's. I, I feel like anyone could get enjoyment out of this and get a smile out of this. Now, in terms of interest, fans who like the pacing and cadence and humor of Thor Ragnarok may enjoy this. I can't say it's exactly uh, Taika Waititi's style, but it is very punchy, uh, very fun. And there's a lot of fun visual gags, of course, because Loki is a frost giant uh, and an illusionist. So he's got some of his uh, magic powers going on there. Um it's just it's such a lot of fun, and of course, if you're there for the art, you're gonna you're gonna love it. Um, without spoiling too much, basically a dare goes wrong because Loki knows how to push all of Thor's buttons, but Loki's not getting away from it that easily. Thor is going to make his brother help clean up the mess that results from uh, his his trickery. <laughs> nice. um, so this is this is a lot of fun, and this was kind of the um, I think this is Guru Hero's latest Marvel project since the Heroes at Home. Little collection anthology that they put out of as variant covers turned into a comic and in terms of the m for this book it's 399 it is a standard 28 page story count there are advertisements in the book as well and this is a four issue miniseries so uh, there's no reason for any of the books to be over 399 in the subsequent issues usually the first issue um, is a good indicator of how the price of the miniseries will continue. So you can subscribe to this whole thing and know that you're going to be paying $3.99 for each of the four uh, next issues. And I believe they've all been solicited at this point. And if not, oh, the last one would be solicited in June. So that'll be out as soon as Marvel releases all the official covers. But this it's a lot of fun. It's For, for being Double Trouble, it's just a nice, fun, bite-sized, lighthearted, As guardian package. So, if you are into that, I highly encourage you to check that out. I will warn you though, this was out last week. I didn't get to cover it during Captain America week, but your store should have plenty of copies. If not, it's on Comixology and it has not sold out at the distributor level. So, you can place a special order through your local retailer.
1: Nice. Yeah, I love that. That art is kind of just an indication up front, like how fun the book's going to be. Yeah. Oh, love it. Very cute stuff. So, the last book that I'm going to be aiming for you all is black knight curse of the ebony blade uh now the, of course by Mar- this book is uh by marvel comics written by simon spurrier art by uh sergio davila colors by arif prianto and uh cory pettit is on letters there now um again if you are like me i've always said you know when we and amy started the show let's 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 go way back i was always much more of like the dc guy and amy's more uh of you know the marvel side of it but then we we've started to meet in the middle and so the black knight is not someone that's really um in my peripherals as far as a character i don't even think you know there are some people who've been reading marvel for for years that have paid that much attention to uh the black knight and so i was going into this i guess you know we'll just jump right into the a into the accessibility um should be able to find this pretty much everywhere there's a lot of really great variants um there's a stephanie hans variant that is to die for it is wonderful you can go find that and um And then also, as far as how easy is it to pick this up, as far as I'm concerned, this is as true a number one as you can get from Marvel with an established character. Now, uh, in the solicitation, it does say that this kind of spins out of King in Black, which is Marvel's... Um, the big event that, of course, started in 2020 and is carrying over. I think it's wrapping pretty soon, right, Amy? It's
0: wrapping very soon. The last, the finale issue, as well as a few other books that are tied in, like Fantastic Four and Venom, have been pushed back slightly, but it all should right. be ending um, very soon. First week of April, I think, was the furthest delay that any okay. book got, or so. So very, yeah, very soon.
1: Very soon, um, and so I think this book um, is. It's 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 taking some cadences from the uh, the story as well, but you don't. I I have not read all of King and Black, and I read all of this book just fine. Everything that you really need to know about Dane Whitman uh, and the Black Knight, um, you you sort of get between the pages, and also more importantly, the Ebony Blade, because the Ebony Blade is of course what what Venom is to Eddie Brock the ebony blade is to dane whitman. They can't survive without one another and you can keep using this power but at what cost? And at what point do you stop using the power and is it using you? So I <laughs> always love that dynamic in a story and if you are a, a venom fan, I guess I'm in, I'm in the eye for interest here. If you are a venom fan and you sort of like that dynamic of this power struggle between this thing that makes you powerful and allows you to help people, but it is also slowly and very not so subtly killing you. Uh, You're going to love this story. It's really fun. If you are an Excalibur fan, like I'm talking X-Men, you know, Excalibur as well as Excalibur, like, you know, Camelot, Arthurian lore. uh, You're going to love this because it's very much um, a story of someone who knows nothing about Arthurian lore and got, gifted this wonderful power that ties him directly to it so it's uh it's it also really i think deals with um dane whitman's imposter syndrome that i think we can all relate to i think you know you're like i don't know if i can do any of this stuff and i'm technically an avenger but they don't ever want to hang out and grab a beer with me um, so i don't really know if i'm cool or not um another thing about not being accepted um, by some people you would like to be accepted by. Uh, again, something that I think we can always uh, relate to. So again, it's really, really interesting. The art is fantastic. Uh, to me, it's the best part of this book, uh, seriously. Sergio Davila and um, Arif Prianto do a wonderful job of sort of capturing – that um, Camelot, and then you've got, you know, Midtown, New York, and just the, the difference in colors is, is wonderful. The Ebony Blade looks really cool. I should I just start there. <laughs> um, but it, it, it is a really interesting story. And it's got the last couple of pages really sort of give you that like kick in the pants, like, huh, I don't know where they're going to go from there. I don't know how they're going to write themselves out of this corner. I, I think it's, it's going um, to be a really interesting book. This is another book that I do feel as I've said many times on this show, fell into the COVID chasm because the rumor is that um Kit Harrington, as as the Black Knight here, what is supposed oh, thank you, Chris. That's much easier. Uh, was supposed to debut in Eternals. So Eternals, Black Knight, Black Widow, Falcon Winter Soldier, all those books were supposed to come out around their um, you know, media properties also release dates and i think this book was very similar but i don't mm-hmm. this is one of the few ones that i don't think it really needs i think it does a great job of just being by itself sort of um letting you create that voice in your head for this character before you see kit harrington bringing it to life um it's it's a really fun book and honestly at um as far as the the m goes at 399 you're getting 28 pages and 28 pages of, of just comic uh it, it's a great book and it's I'm pretty sure it's a maxi series. I think there's 12 issues. I haven't I didn't find any information about if it's uh 12. I don't think it's an ongoing story, but I think it might be a maxi series. So it's a $3.99 investment for just 12 issues. You really can't beat it.
0: Yeah, I, I can't confirm. I actually am not sure the length of that series either because I haven't seen the all of the solicitations but it yeah he's definitely going to be a character who is being featured more often you can also always look to those marvel true believers dollar reprints Mm -hmm. and uh right around the time of their kind of comic-con panel announcements for these films uh they did reprint the early avengers issues that had the first appearances of black knight so he is a character to look out for
1: totally yeah
0: all right before i go into my last aim uh Moderator Rob, uh, we've got some questions coming in from uh social media. So if you want to pass those on to us real quick. Let's
1: do it. Absolutely. Uh Johnny Sosedo on YouTube asks, "Do either of you read and store comics as collectibles?" Oh. A good, good great question. question, Johnny. Yeah. Um yeah, Amy, I'll I'll let, I'll let you go first here.
0: Sure. I mean, I yes, I read them. Uh and I store them I think as collectibles. That's a an interesting question. There are a few that I do actually intend to get framed, Uh, not necessarily CGC graded because I am the type of person who uh, doesn't want to keep them slabbed forever. Um, I know there's a kind of a beautiful freezing Captain America on ice kind of idea (laughs) of preservation there. But... Um, I have seen at several different comic book stores, they make specialty frames that you can safely protect comics in. So at this point, I have not done so yet. And I don't have, um, I don't really have a proper display stand for uh, putting any of them with my collectibles. But I am extremely careful with all of my books bagged and boarded. I keep a uh, rigorous file on all of the books and whether they're signed, what variant they were, what the cover price was, what I paid for it versus the cover price. So I take them very seriously. But in terms of keeping them as collectibles, I, I mostly keep them as a uh, a collection um, I'd say, but I, but I am looking yeah. to get some more and I, I collect original pages and, um, like cover prints as well. So I have a lot of that on display, uh, instead of actually displaying the physical comics themselves.
1: Right. Yeah. And I've got a very similar answer. I don't have, I don't, I have one book and I'm looking right at it here. That's graded and it's uh, new teen Titans number two, which is the first appearance of Deathstroke. It's the only book that I have that's graded, um, and I, I also I I don't really grade books. I don't slab them very often. I've got, you know, I pick up stuff like Captain America Meets the Asthma Monster. I've got some of Denny O'Neil's like last things he did at Marvel, it's cause I but it's only because I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. Um so yeah, it's like like Amy, we collect very specific things, but I don't have a wall full of slabs or anywhere. But yeah, we've got I've got a, a mountain of long boxes and all of my I guess what you can call them valuable comics that i've got are stored somewhere but they're not you know they're not slabbed or anything um they are double bagged and boarded but they're um <laughs> yeah but I, I mean i i keep them where i keep them i i like to have my books available in case i ever want to read them because i mean I'm ne- i'll probably never read new teen titans number uh number two here but if i want i can just read that online so yeah i hope that answers your question johnny thank you for asking
0: all right, so we're going to go on to my final aim. Uh, again, this was a book from last week. I I, I apologize for not uh, picking new books, but I really wanted to highlight some new number ones because I had I was flush with new number ones last week, and I really wanted to make sure I didn't let them pass by. Now, this is a, a more interesting, unique title. Some of you may or may not have been following uh, the release of this. This is Carmen, number one from Image mm. Comics. With, uh, it, you'll see it's kind of like Mirka Andolfo's Mercy where you've got the single... Uh, creator title because the writing, art, and colors are all done by Guillaume March, uh, who is a Spanish artist. But there is a translation credit uh, to Dan Christensen for translating. I do not know if that also means he did the lettering. I couldn't. Uh, I didn't necessarily see a a single. Um, I think there was someone from Image Comics's kind of rotation of letterers helping with this. But there was a translation effort uh, right. in this book because it was originally published as an entire. Graphic novel, one complete story in wow. Belgium, uh, but it has now been broken into five translated chapters for an image comics mini series. Now, this is this is a very very interesting book. It was recommended to me by the store. Um, I did not have this on my poll. I didn't even have this book on my radar, but I was enchanted by the cover, uh, which you can see here if you are watching the show. Um, if you're listening along, it's the it's a Kind of full body illustration of a woman with this vibrant pink hair, but she's kind of she's got her head bowed and her entire body looks as though she's in an X-ray. The only part of her that is fleshly is her face; the rest of her is her X-ray, um, and she's kind of got this skeletal body. Um, now, in terms of a accessibility, I, w- I think this is an important thing to note. Accessibility-wise, this is an M-rated book, and that is a hard M. Uh, there is a lot of mature language, subject matter, and visuals in this story. Apart from the character of Carmen, who is that skeleton figure, the other main character of the story spends half of the book um, butt naked. Uh, So I will say this is not for teenage readers. Um, There's also just crass subject matter in addition to Black comedy, kind of uh, darker topics. Um, But also, in terms of accessibility, I like i like this. This is the first time I've had to note it on the show. It is made accessible by the translation. So uh, this nice. is a book that I don't know where it's available in Belgium, um, but you could possibly get it in another language if you are uh, a multilingual reader. However, right. accessibility-wise, it has been translated for uh, the United States comic book market. Narratively, this is a true number one. You don't need to know anything about it going in. And in fact, I was surprised and delighted by what I found knowing absolutely nothing about this book. Um, It gives the reader everything they need, but it is a challenging story, um, both in terms of content and the fact that there are a lot of word bubbles with a lot of words. And the story, as you read it, is constantly shifting the goalposts on you. So you don't you don't really know what genre it falls into, and that's going to make it a little difficult for me to explain the the interest section. But it is it begins as a childhood flashback, then you see adulthood troubled romance, and then it does go into a suicide. I think that's a detail I can spoil um, because it's seventy five percent of the book. Oh, um, nice. It's very very interesting, a very strange read. So now in terms of interest, I think the Broadest way to describe Carmen is that it's a black comedy about love, suicide, and your afterlife. Um, the humor is, as I mentioned, a bit crass at times um, it, in in actual kind of uh, bodily humor, but the cadence of the story and the artwork are incredibly beautiful. If you're unfamiliar with Guillaume March's work, I believe he did work on Batman and Detective Comics mm-hmm. for DC for a while. Yeah, he's um, still working on Batman. Oh, okay, great. Um Oh my goodness! This book is so beautiful. I think it is one of the the most visually engaging books that I've read this year. Oh, wow. um, it has very dreamlike quality, and I don't want to go so far as to say it's like Mobius's artwork because Mobius's artwork is a totally different level. Mm. But everything is very dreamy, um, just very colorful and beautiful. And and even in the grotesque in the story, there's just a lot of beautiful details to be found. Um, it kind of has a dark Christmas Carol feel to it or, or the it's a wonderful life. Carmen, who is the title character and the cover character is this guardian angel slash death-like figure who is charged with, uh, taking people through the afterlife, but you also don't know if she's there to kind of help them reflect or kind of shuffle them off the mortal coil as fast as possible. Uh, she's bizarre and she's like, if death from Sandman had a weird cousin that no, none of the endless ever talked about that's Carmen. Um, she's kind of like if, if, and again, to kind of talk on the afterlife stories, if uh death from Sandman and Beetlejuice were smashed together into one. And it's like the beetle, <laughs> the, the crassness of Beetlejuice, the Michael Keaton style. Um, <laughs> but with the, with the attitude and the beauty of uh, death from Sandman to kind of temper that. Um and I will say, this book isn't for everybody. If if you can find a preview of it, I believe there's some preview pages on Image Comics' website. Read the mm-hmm. solicitation. This book is not going to be for everybody. But if it is for you, it does what it sets out to do so well. I am definitely intrigued. I am absolutely going to pick up at least the second issue. I usually give mini-series until the second or third issue to decide if I'm uh, really invested. But because this is broken into chapters... Uh, and was originally one full coherent uh, graphic novel. Definitely worth picking up a few issues to see if uh, if it's your style. I loved it, um, so I'm I was very surprised and delighted with what I found. Uh, definitely a book that kind of deserves a reread once you've gotten oh. to the end and figured mm-hmm. out what the whole story truly is. But going in kind of cold is a, a fun and very unique experience. And in terms of M for the monetary value, it's 3 dollars It's 32 pages, which is kind of the creator-owned standard. There's no advertisements in it. And as I mentioned, it's a five-issue miniseries. So likely all of the books will be three ninety nine dollars in this collection. And I'm sure it will be put out in trade uh, if you can't get the original Belgian printing. Uh, Image Comics is really great with their trade collections. So this will be out. um, I think it would probably be out in trade by like September, uh, based on the the issue release. But otherwise, you can follow along starting now. The first issue came out last week. And there's some variant covers for it, too.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, that's rare. That doesn't happen that often with books of that nature.
0: Yeah. It's it's a really cool and unique release. And I had no idea about a lot of these details about the original publishing and the translation until I really dove in. But it's it's a beautiful and fascinating book. And I love that character design because it that is her body. That that skeleton. It's not and it's not a see-through skeleton. It's almost as if she's in like a morph suit, but that's her 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 body, and she's this weird guardian angel figure. Yeah. It's just it's such a fan fantastic and fascinating little look at the afterlife that I don't think we've seen that type of uh style from in comics for a while.
1: Yeah, and personally I love that cover. I love any time that like the negative space on a comic book cover is a different color. Yeah. Um I absolutely love it. It just makes kind of everything else pop, especially the title treatment of that name and of course Mr. Gilliam March up there. So Yeah. All right.
0: So that does so, it for our aim segment for this are our week.
1: Aims. Those are yeah, Phew. that's our. Those are our product pushes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, mean, I think we should probably move along. Move on to. I think. What is our our last segment?
0: Yeah, our last well, I don't know segment.
1: Why I'm acting so surprised? Like we've never. We don't do this show week <laughs> in and week out. It's just this is a a weird week for us guys. We're really busy, so it's we're just good happy when you can keep to-
0: that that joy and surprise and things still seem new and novel to you even though we're yes. well into a year into this show paul
1: we sure are congrats <laughs> to us
0: congrats to us uh yeah but we already celebrated our comics hall birthday this is sideshow's birthday extravaganza but this week uh for our hauler at the hall segment which is where we ask you guys a question we'll ask on social media we'll ask mm-hmm. in the let your geek sideshow facebook group we'll pose to you a a question that has to do with comics we want your honest opinions and thoughts on the matter this week we asked you what is your favorite comic book movie based on a property that isn't from dc or marvel this yes. also included uh imprint things so nobody nobody straight into vertigo territory but we wanted to know what's your favorite movie that's been adapted from a dark horse comic from an image comic from something totally underground like eight ball comics uh and on that note i will take the lead my personal answer as well as the answer of quite a few of you i believe we had pat Baden uh, Carl Dwork, uh, Scott Promish and more all said ghost world. Uh, this was from, this is the Daniel close story originally published, uh, in eight ball. And then it was turned into its own, uh, graphic novel release ghost world starring, uh, Thora Birch, Scarlett Johansson, and Steve Buscemi, <laughs> a fantastic, fantastic film about, uh, kind of dead end kids <laughs> headed for the end of high school and just sad, lonely people and how their lives intersect.
1: <laughs> um and then we also had uh let's see sean mciver said since several of my picks have already made the list i'll go with i Kill giants a great pick uh definitely under the radar i don't we didn't see anyone else pick that uh title at all we're talking i kill giants this is uh, an image book and again i think this is joe kelly right and yeah i believe this is a joe kelly book um, yeah
0: i think so i it's been so long since I interacted it's, with that title, but it is such it's a been a it's long time. such yeah. a classic, or not classic, but just a kind of modern standout uh, with a young female protagonist and just this very right. inventive uh, world, almost in the same vein of of Scotty Young's type of work pushed even further. Um, next up, we had Franklin Yu said, I like Red, Redacted Extremely Dangerous, has a great cast of characters.
1: It does. It's such a fun movie. I've actually never read the comic, but the movie is a lot of fun and um it's it's also very expendables-ish like if you if you've never heard of any of it, like if okay. I'm sure you've probably heard of the Expendables, so if you're that's exactly, you know, what you can think of when you go into that. Um and then lastly as far as um submissions go, um uh, we had Alicia Johnson and quite a few of you say, "Of course, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, yeah. Scott Pilgrim is up, is in that upper echelon of comic book movies. That's not based on one of the big twos. I think it's a movie that, I mean, I don't know how many times between all three of us here, me, you and Rob have seen that movie probably far more, too many. <laughs> far too many times. Um, of course, you know, brought to life by uh, Scott Pilgrim brought to life by Mr. Michael Sarah. It's a wonderful Wonderful movie and comic. They did. That's one of the better translations (laughs) and
0: video game
1: (laughs) and video game. Now, I got
0: a re-release this year. (laughs) Finally, finally. Um,
1: But then we also had Amy. I'll I'll rattle off some of these. um, Some of the submissions that people had, you know, stated, but it was too many for us to just attribute it to one person.
0: Mm -hmm. So we also had. uh, Do Do we want to go one two or do you want to just you can just knock them out? All right. We also had Dread Kingsman. Tank Girl, Hellboy, three hundred, and I am surprised that nobody else said Atomic Blonde, but uh, Atomic Blonde is also based <laughs> on a comic. I just wanted to get that <laughs> one in there because it's Charlize Theron. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot, and I think as more and more independent yeah. creator owned comics get more recognition and acclaim, and uh, publishers like Boom Studios and Dark Horse and IDW really um, kind of identify these unique stories. Um, Movie houses are are looking for more and more of them, so you're going to see a ton more. I mean, we even had we had Bloodshot. We've got a Valiant kind of thing going and, uh, there.
1: Oh man, the Charlize Theron one that just came out. Um, oh, about Amy, Blonde. no, not <laughs> Atomic Blonde. Uh, it was the one where they can't die. Uh, guard, oh, old guard, old old guard, old guard, <laughs> old guard just came out, which was a a huge success too, and yeah, based on and- an image property
0: the sin city films of course, of course. uh just and then, lots lots of stuff going on
1: yeah and my personal answer uh if it wasn't going to be 300 it's snowpiercer i uh, you know people you know a lot of folks forget that that was a french comic book that was translated multiple times before we ever it ever became um you know captain america's oddest origin story and also <laughs> an incredible tv show by the way
0: yeah yeah, yeah and, and 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 as I was uh, looking up information about uh, Carmen online, people people always note those European comics, totally different breed from the American set. Just European comics, French comics, uh, Belgian comics, just way, way out there in terms of their art and style. And it's just really always worth a look. So it's great to explore things that aren't just the big two, but the big two are also a lot of fun uh, and the place to be. So just hopefully this has given you guys a, a global tour of comic book uh reading now we do have to wrap up but we do have a question for you for next week we we'll sure put it do. up on our socials but uh get your thinking hats on we want to know what's your favorite comic book catchphrase it could be uttered by a a superhero or maybe even a creator uh, i know some some comic book creators of old had their own catchphrases but what is your favorite comic book catchphrase we will uh Take your submissions. You can email us at thecomicshallatsideshow.com mm-hmm. or you can reach out to us on social at thecomicshall on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also find us in the Let Your Geek Side Show group. And, Paul, I think they can find you in the Let Your Geek Side Show group. I think you're over here. Uh, in just a few minutes, right?
1: Yep. Uh, showtime is at 5, everyone. So I'll see you all there. So we're going to make
0: Paul late. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, it's okay. I can already hear the the pen for the resignation letter um is 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 there but uh yeah so again you guys can find us on all of our social channels we'll find it uh, again we'll do our best to read as many of these as we can if we get them on multiple platforms we we try to pull them so um yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for always participating. We love it and we love you all. So yeah, thank you. We
0: wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do this show without you guys and your participation. So thank you for joining us. Please continue to enjoy the rest of sideshows birthday extravaganza. You've got the wrap up friends with no benefits with autumn and Paul in just a few minutes. So stick around, uh, hop into the let your geek sideshow Facebook group that is exclusively in that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you guys can enjoy the festivities for the rest of the week. Um, but until then we'll be back next week with Wednesday, next Wednesday's polls, this has been Wednesday, March 17th. Had to check the date on that one. So all the the new and Oh, great happy St. Stuff. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Stay safe, have fun. As always, I'm Amy and I'm Paul. And this has been The Comics Hall. This has been The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing The Comics Hall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, don't forget to Let Your Geek Sideshow.